Hey everybody, good morning. Welcome to Down to Earth with Harriet Kamek. It's the show in which we talk about everything. I mean, it's just a down to earth conversation on what we should happen and what we shouldn't do. And it's sort of like examining the day's events and looking at the stories as they parade across us and the stories that draw our interest. And today I kind of hit upon a story that I wanted to talk about and I've perhaps shied away from doing this story because I don't like marginalization and I don't like polarization. I don't like separating groups of people. I like to think of all of us as being part of this collective, as collectively a part of this great experiment called the American Democratic Movement or the American Society. And I don't like polarization. So I say all of that in order to set the stage for what I want to talk about today. That's something that has me kind of unhinged you know it's one of those stories that when you see it it makes you think and it started to make me think that perhaps it's time for us to re-examine what it means where are we going what are we doing and where are we now it's kind of like in order to know where you're going you kind of have to look back at the past and that is kind of what we're going to do this morning so moving right along i know last night was monday night football the Packers, yeah. How did that go? <laughs> mm. Mm. I won't talk about it. I'm not going to do the Monday, the, the Tuesday morning quarterback thing. I'm not going to do that. But suffice it to say that it's welcome back to football. Welcome back to fall. And here in Detroit, we finally got a feel of what it feels like. This morning we woke up and it was 36 degrees, and there was frost on the ground. Uh-huh. So it's it started. And it's the middle of October. So hopefully, if it gets this colder early in the season, that means the season will end by mid-February and we start seeing 30 degrees. That would be awesome in February. We haven't had that in about two or three years. Typically, if it starts cold later, then it means we're swamped right through to April. But hopefully starting cold this early means that we will have an early end to winter and it will just start getting, you know, go back to normal. Normal for us is having 20s and 30s in January and February because that just rocks, right? That just totally rocks. If I sound a little nasal, forgive me. It's the transition. It's the season of transitions. Well, today I want to talk about something and I, and I want to talk about it within the context of what do you believe and the fact that we all have belief systems that perhaps we should uh, be mindful of what we believe. Everybody believes in something, right? Right. Everybody believes in something. Very few. Most of us believe in something. And for most of us, that belief is is typified by and exemplified by what we believe. So what do you believe? So I'm not going to ask you what you believe because what you believe is highly subjective. It, it's based upon what you think and it's based upon uh, your own experiences, right? So I don't ask people what they believe because what you believe is based on your own experiences and based on what you have seen, your perspective, your environment. All of these things contribute to your belief. But I just want to say that I was troubled yesterday as I was scrolling through media and I came across a story about a New Orleans Saints linebacker who was fined by the NFL for, of all things, wearing a headband 
that says man of God. All he did was put on a headband saying man of God and the NFL fined him $7,000. Hmm. So within that context, according to the NFL, his, his wearing of that headband violated their uniform standards. Seriously? Okay. So you can't kneel and you can't wear a headband. I, I left that in radio silence out there. So is Christianity under attack? Is being a Christian in America, as far as I know from history, America is the only country founded on Christian principles and founded by a group of Christians. Make no mistake about it, America started by a group of people who came over from Europe who said they were tired of they were tired of what they were experiencing in Europe. They wanted to start a new land with a body politic, yeah? With civil and body politic, but founded on the belief that there is a God, that there is one God. That's how Christian that's how America started. So it's one thing to say, well, Harriet, you know, we're evolving and we're becoming more and more embracing of everyone else's beliefs, but you can't get away from your core because in getting away from your core, you lose sight of who you are. If you don't know your history, how do you know where you're going? And how will America know where it is to go if we don't know our history and if we don't know where we're coming from? So the question I'm asking is, are Christians under attack? Because I'm now beginning to see where, according to some politicians, I mean, I've read the Democratic platform from 2016, and I've read the Republican platform from 2016. And having read both, I think the Democratic Party is trending towards saying that if you say anything about Jesus, if you talk about God, it becomes hate speech. And I want the Democratic Party to qualify and to clarify their position because this hate mongering and this engendering of hate speech and calling referring to Christians and making it seem divisive is something we need to talk about. Now, we can go at this and we can talk about the people who are Christian fundamentals, right? Because that may be what most people are looking at. You're looking at the people who are the who appear to be the Christian leaders. They're not right? That's an assumed position, right? And they are engendering hate. Yes. And they are promoting a form of Christianity that is not the true form. So will the real Christians please stand up? I'm one of them, right? The people who promote hate and divisiveness and racism, those are not true Christians. They're sort of a Christian. They have some form of Christian belief, but intermingled with that is their own belief and they're using their platform as Christian leaders to advance and propagate their belief. Let's just be clear about that. But a true Christian is one who believes in the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts for all humanity. A true Christian is one who accepts you where you are, who you are, and believes that the love of Jesus Christ and following the teachings of Jesus, Jesus Christ are transformative and will transform and change your life. That's the true Christian. The true Christian is one who says, hey, I'm here. The true Christian is not one who says, I am not here for you if you're black, white, green, yellow, lesbian, gay, questioning, whatever. 
So a true Christian is one who tears down walls, not builds walls, is one who creates borders for people to live in that are safe and borders for people to where you can freely express who you are. It is what it is. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm asking our Christians under attack because this man chose to wear a headman saying man of God. Now I'm a Christian. Am I going to be attacked for my beliefs by anybody? Am I going to be attacked because I choose to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ? Am I going to be attacked because I say that I am a Christian? Or is it that we have come to this place in our culture where we're at a crossroads and we don't know what we believe or what we should believe because we're thinking that we tried it and it didn't work for all. Nobody ever said it was going to be for all. It's a choice. It's what you choose. Hopefully you will choose it because it is supposed to be embracing and filled with love. Now there are all kinds of ways you can skirt around it, but, and people do that much to the detriment of the advancement of the culture and to the detriment of the advancement of Christianity. But this is troubling because in America, America used to be the place where Christians felt completely safe. Because in America, you could say you're a Christian without being persecuted, without someone tearing at you. That is changing. So is America no longer a nation that believes in faith? Uh, have we matriculated? Have we moved on? What are we doing? What are we saying? I can believe that saying something like man of God, putting it on a headband and playing in a football game is suddenly going to vilify someone and find him, the NFL finding him. Well, who is the NFL representing? Who are they interested in? Last act, there were at least 23, there were at least most people in America, at least half the population, over 53%, correct me if I'm wrong, say they are, say they believe in God. They have some sort of faith. So where is this coming from? We've got to be careful because we have to, we, it, it's sort of like, when you read the Bible, sort of, it kind of talks about the end times and so on. It's kind of preemptive at this point. This is not where we should be at this point. We have bigger things to worry about here in America, right? We seem to be in a season where we are faced with calamities and cat, you know, and catastrophes. We're faced with all kinds of weather events that, that are wreaking havoc on our country, wreaking havoc on people in our communities, right? We have budget cuts to think about in school districts where children are not even being bused to school. There are no, there's no support system for workers. Kid you not. So working families have to make a choice. Are we going to live in a house? Are we going to have something to eat? Because job working and picking up the kids after school is in. Child care in America is enormously expensive. So you go to work and it seems like you're just working to pay for childcare. The average cost of daycare for an infant up to two years old is five to $800 a month. That's sometimes more than your mortgage payment. So how are you gonna save towards a mortgage if your childcare expenses are between five and $800 a month? So people are delaying having children because it's simply too expensive, right? People have car notes, car notes are astronomical. My God, back 20 years ago, a car note for 350 was considered, what? That was an expensive car. Today, a typical car note is three, four, $500. Come on. 
right? And we're not talking a luxury car here. So we're not talking about a BMW or a Porsche. It seems to me we have bigger things to worry about. Picking on people who choose to believe what they believe. If, In other words, what I'm saying is, you want me to believe what you practice and you want me to accept you in whatever frame you present in, then you have to extend the same courtesy to those of us who continue to believe that Christianity is the form of faith that we want to follow. I want to know what you think. And I want you to tell me, what do you believe? Because I'm going to give you the respect and credence and say, okay, that's what you believe. I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to say, oh, don't talk about that or don't tell me about that. I am going to listen, right? So I implore other Christians to be open. Listen to what their people have to say, but you don't, I, our job at this time is not proselytizing. So we're not actively proselytizing now, right? We're not trying to convince people. You just stand there and live it out. I have found one of the best ways to bring someone to your side of the issue is to live it out. Because when it's all said and done, you shut it down just by how you live. So for many Christian leaders today who have entered the political spectrum, you are looking at them and you're like, I'm not sure that I want to be a Christian. I'm not sure that I support that. And I agree with you. They are lacking. They are not actively demonstrating what Christianity is supposed to be. But make no mistake about it, we're, as a Christian, I am looking at it and I'm gradually saying in a country where I used to feel free, where I used to feel free as a Christian, I'm be beginning to think I can't even I'm a Christian in certain environments because suddenly it invites attack. And it's just because a few, a few people have not effectively demonstrated the tenets of the Christian faith, love being the primary thing, the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts for all humanity. That's what Jesus said. If you're really going to follow being a Christian, Jesus said, follow me. And he said, this one commandment that I leave with you, that you love your neighbor as yourself. Well, who is my neighbor? My neighbor is you, the person who is listening to me right now. You are my neighbor. My neighbor is not confined to boundaries like the person who lives next to me or across the street or around the corner or in, you know, three blocks over. That's not my neighbor. That's not the only definition of being a neighbor. My neighbor is the person driving in the next lane to me on the freeway. Please don't cut me off. <laughs> right? My neighbor is the person standing behind me in line. My neighbor is me paying for someone's love or paying for someone's coffee because I see them struggling. My name being neighborly is paying for someone's groceries because they look like they're struggling. Has that ever happened to anybody? Have you ever stand in line at a big box store and you see a senior or you see a single parent? You don't even know what their status is. They could be married and you give them, have you ever seen that? Have you ever driven down the street and seen a family standing on the corner and you see them there day in, day out and you are like, why are they out there? Chances are they're homeless. Chances are they live in a shelter. And during the day, they have nothing else to do. Is it going to hurt you to give them a dollar? You don't have to sit there and say, well, if 200 cars pass here, that's $200. They're going to get tax-free. Give them a dollar and keep it moving because it's not going to hurt you. You're moving. And some people have even followed them around the corner and say, Harry, that's all I'm getting into a, into a F-150 brand spanking new. Then call the cops and report him for pen handling. But use your 
Christian discernment. Use that thing in all of us that can tell you if someone is conning you or not. And give. That's the first thing we need to do as Christians is get back to giving. So in as much as America is vilifying people and, and some people, not everybody, there are still some things that we do do right though. Yeah, we still give. Yeah, if you hear you're shouting for help, you still call the cops. You still go over there and see what they need. You see somebody on the side of the road, it still means something to you to stop and say, are you okay? Can I call someone for you? You see an accident, you don't just drive past. You say, Lord, I hope they're okay. Right? So I just want to know, are we somehow, what is the thinking now? Right? Are we being pushed down and and being afraid? Because what I think is happening is that we're afraid to come forward. And honestly, I was I, I was listening to some folks a couple of days ago, and and as I looked around the room, I panned the room to see people's faces in red. And I say, in some situations, we perhaps have done ourselves a disservice in terms of how we have presented the story of who Jesus Christ is. Every faith leader. Every faith has a a leader who has a following, right? In Christianity, we follow a man named Jesus Christ who lived over 2,000 years ago. That's what we believe. That's why we are Christians, right? We became Christian because we started following Jesus Christ. There's a book called the Bible, and in it are written the stories of how Jesus Christ came to be born. So that's what we believe. Now, fast forward 2,000 years later, are there people who are pure to the faith, possibly? In, in light of all the attacks, all the stories we have seen on all the scandals, we have seen, yeah, the faith is experiencing some shakedown. It's, 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 it's 2,000 years later. It's, it's, go, it's changing and it's incorporating, it's trying to incorporate some modern day situations and trying at the same time to remain relevant. And that's a challenge for any faith. You know, America is a democratic experiment, they call it, because we are, we've been existing for 230 years now in this form where we get together and elect a leader and every four years we turn them over and get a new guy in, you know, it might be a girl someday, right? And we're, it's changing because we're changing the face of what it looks like. So every institution goes through some level of change. It doesn't stay the same because the leaders don't stay the same. Because when Christianity started 2,000 years ago, it's not the same people who are leading today. So it is going to experience a change. But the tenets, the core beliefs are what keeps it, is the glue that holds it together. Much like the United States, our core beliefs, what we were founded on, what we continue to believe, that's what keeps us together. And this is not me proponing or, or, or propon- you know, saying that Christianity is the faith that you should have. I am just saying as a Christian and standing on the sidelines, an observer, and I am looking at it like, Hmm, this makes me uncomfortable because it's not uncommon for football players to kneel and raise their hands to heaven, especially when they've scored a touchdown. 
or you know they've just executed that run all the way down the drive that's exactly right are we going to sanction them for demonstrating their belief we need to come to grips with that so if i'm used to say this years ago when i first started broadcasting that one of the things i loved about america most was the free expression and that if you choose to believe in a tree and go out and say oh thou tree <laughs> that giveth life nobody was going to question it. but that was just 10 years ago when i said that now if i go outside and stand up and say oh thou god of all heaven and earth the creator of all things the ruler of all things people are going to look at me and say wait a minute are you who are you calling god and this is why i said we need to get back to basics we need to get back to who and why we exist we've got to start telling our children who and why there's a story in the book of exodus in the bible and god is telling instructing the promises to tell the people of, of, of who lived whom he had chosen his chosen people that when you get into the land the promised land you have to remember to tell your children how you got here and where you came from america is the promised land this is the new land this is the land gated for all of humanity to look to we are the city the shining city on a hill yes we are they can make fun all day the liberals can they take it all day they take it every which way and tear it apart but look at the very people who are tearing what you believe apart you know what empowers them is this christian belief that we are one nation this christian belief that you're free to say whatever you want to say because in some countries of the world you wouldn't dare criticize people and dare criticize leaders because you'd be locked up or shot or killed am i speaking the truth here just this morning right there on twitter a story popped up on my feed about a woman who is a kurdish human rights activist and she was killed by turkish turkish forces she's a human rights activist she was stoned and she was executed for her belief so the very people in america today who are going to criticize you and i for what we believe who are going to tear us apart i smile with you because you know what you have the liberty to do so so am i going to be offended that you're going to criticize me no in fact i embrace it because you are demonstrating that this nation was founded on christian beliefs on the basic tenet of the faith the basic belief that all men are created equal all men and in that creation of all men being equal you are equally able to criticize anyone you choose to believe now you're going to look at me and criticize and say she and be dismissive you're free to do that as well because you live in a society that is accommodating as a matter of fact it does this society doesn't accommodate it encourages you to feel like that you can go write christian you can go write papers on dismissiveness and all kinds of stuff but you're free to do try living in some other parts of the world and then you will realize the censorship and the lack of freedom of the individual and you'll be able to appreciate what happens here maybe this is why some of us continue to fight for the things that exist here simply because when we look at it we are saying to ourselves that you know something 
this is at risk. If we don't continue to encourage this, promote this, and to make sure we guard and protect the civil liberties, this is at risk. And maybe that's why people like me are, are, are saying these things out because we want to make sure that everyone knows, that everyone is aware that we can't just get up and start being dismissive about simple things like me choosing to wear something that says man of God or woman of God. So if I put on a t-shirt tomorrow that comes and says, I'm a Christian, are you going to then say you shouldn't do that or I'm not going to sponsor your show and I'm not going to do this because you say so? So if I put on a t-shirt that says I believe in dogs or cats or snakes or alligators, you'd think that that is okay? No, no, we, we've got to stop polarizing. This is the very system, the very belief on which this nation of freedom was founded. And I know we live today where most of us have think we have no connection to the past. So we have forgotten where this is coming from. And so all we're looking at is what is in front of us without even a thought to the future. All you're sitting there and thinking of you in your small world, your small corner, and saying, I want to protect what I believe to be true at the expense of cutting off what someone else believes without realizing the ramifications and the implications. They came here and started a whole faith, y'all, and started a whole society and a whole country based on the fact that they believe that all men are created equal. I don't know how they got slavery into the mix. I don't know where that divulged into slavery and they were just looking at making a pot of money. I don't know how we got there. That's something that we need to be held accountable for. But for but when you look at the purity of the belief, you have to say this was something and it is worth fighting for. Now, for those who have dissenting opinions to Christianity, you might disagree with some of the things that Christians believe. For instance, you're going to disagree that, are you going to disagree where the Bible has 10 commandments? This is thou shalt not kill. And my answer to that is, okay, Jesus said, love one another. That's his answer. The Old Testament, the New Testament. So love one another. That means whether I'm Jew, white, black, green, yellow, whatever, multi-ethnic, multi-this, love everybody. So do you think it's worth fighting for to maintain your freedom of belief? You want to be who you are, right? In the context of who you think you are, whatever your expression as an individual is, you like that, right? So you were born one way, but you choose to express yourself another way. And you like that. You like having that freedom to be. Do you want to continue to live like that? Well, the reason you can think and act like that is because of this nation was founded on Christian beliefs. Go to other parts of the world and try being you and see what happens. Just recently, I saw an article on the internet about uh, transgender folks who come from other parts of the world and suddenly they come here and they feel free to express themselves. You know why? Because America is the city on a hill that welcomes everyone and you can be whomever you choose to be. So, Ask these folks who come from other parts of the world, like myself, what it means to live in yours, in the society you were born in, trying to be whom you think you should be. Just ask. 
is it worth fighting for? In other words, what I'm saying is while you are dissenting and while you are criticizing and trying to rid the society of everything that it was founded on, that is not bad. It has kept it together. It's the glue that has held the society together for over 230 years. While you're busy doing that, think and ponder if you were to live in another society that is not welcoming. And you all know where they are. Y'all see them on the news all day. Don't be blind to it. Think about that. Think on these things, right? Is it, we can't start saying, well, yeah, it's a violation of uniform code. Then if somebody, just like Islamic people, are fighting for the right to wear a hijab when they take a government picture, because they say it's an expression of their faith. The Minnesota Congresswoman, Il- Ilhan Onan, who comes for, who is Somalian and a Muslim by faith, she fought for the right to wear her religious headdress because she says that is what identifies her and that identifies her faith. If we're welcoming everyone else, what do you have against Christians wearing something that says man of God? or woman of God. So if I wear a cross, I have a cross in my car. I have, I don't think I have a necklace with a cross, but I'm going to start wearing it. Am I going to, you're going to disparage against me because I choose to wear a cross? Do I stop you from being you? The very reason that you can be...